Sunday morning. I'm Tom. Uh, with us today, I've got Doink. Hello. Zach. What's up? And our friend Elizabeth. Elizabeth, if you want, you can just kind of go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Oh, sure. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. No one actually calls me that in real life. I have a million nicknames. Oh, shit. But, um, yeah, I'm Elizabeth Handgun on Twitter. So. All right. Cool. Uh, we'll we'll put her at in the uh, in the episode description and give her a page on the website as well. We're just going to get right into recording today. Uh, something we are introducing. Uh, it's a new segment. Something we decided that we like talking about. Something we would like to speak about regularly is just you know obviously we've been talking about it a lot the past few weeks. The Starbucks unions, just the labor movement in general. We talked about Amazon and all of that. So we are just going to be dedicating a segment to it regularly. And so this is the first installment of that. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, It's called Union Dues. And let's see, right now, we are just starting off talking about the Starbucks unions. Last I saw, uh, there were 21 that had voted to unionize. And yesterday, I think it was Virginia, there were uh, five stores that voted and five stores that all voted yes to Yeah, unionize. in Richmond. That's fucking... Oh, they were all in Richmond specifically? Yeah. Like how they open Cut the in. stock market every morning? I want to get like a comically large bell every time. <laughs> you did dudes! <laughs> yeah. Um, also that, just- that's good, Lyle. Clip that and put that at the... <laughs> <laughs> With like a really loud bell noise. <laughs> and just every... Every week we cover, yeah, that's gonna be yeah. the whole point. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, wow, no um, one's doing that, and just, now we uh, are. Just another. It's very um, brave of us. So we've talked about Amazon a lot. We've talked about Starbucks today. Marks the first Apple store uh, that filed for a union election, um, oh, and yeah. that was in Atlanta, Georgia. This is uh, is coming out today. So that's another place where that's going on. That's fucking huge. And that's actually kind of something I wanted to talk about. I've seen it sort of branch out. It's not because obviously like it's not just Starbucks workers that are unionizing. It's not just like Amazon people that are getting fired up for it. It's like you're seeing uh, you're seeing Apple stores. We saw, you know, another thing I want to talk about is Etsy. You know, the sellers there are striking. Are they... Do we know if they are currently striking or if they are planning to strike? I think that they're currently striking. Okay, I did too, but then I saw a post today that was like, whenever they go on strike, like, don't buy. And I was like, I thought they were already on strike. Okay, uh, that makes me feel vindicated. Safe to um, say, stay off Etsy for a sec. You know, yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exact same kind of shit. I promise. Whatever it is that you're buying. I was talking about a sword the other day. I can wait. Yeah, I can, I can wait yeah. for another sword. It'll once okay. it's yeah, once it's union. <laughs> but that's interesting, like how that works because like they're it's all it's like relatively it's being an independent contractor, and that's very yeah. different than being an employee of a Starbucks. Like that's not something I thought would be easy to be organized, and yeah, yet they're doing it. So that's really me cool. neither. It's like. I mean, it's fucking difficult to organize your workplace when you're there and you see those people every day and you know them super well. And like Doink said, like, this is just a bunch of independent sellers who have come together and organized their labor for this. And it's, you know, I saw somebody say, well, they shouldn't call it a union. It should be called a guild. And it's like, first of all, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Second of all, um, Good it's point. like because they're like, well, what about like Hollywood writers? And it's like, well, yeah, but like also think about it like this, like in Hollywood, you have like writers rooms like there are multiple of those people. A lot of these people are like working out of their fucking garage. They don't have contact. They're, like There's no like shed. network for them. Yeah, it's all very <laughs> decentralized and remote. No, what else is decentralized? Cut. This episode has been brought to you by crypto.com. This episode has been brought to you by uh, Coinbase <laughs> and 
Caesar. Now for our MGM. segment, crypto dues. <laughs> <laughs> Here at the Sunday Morning Podcast, we believe in hearing both sides. We could have that every day. We could we could do that. We could do our crypto dues with all of like the, the crypto report. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need yeah. that. <laughs> no, we don't need that. So like at the New York Stock Exchange, that. we should have a comically large bell every time we talk about crypto. <laughs> Which is different than the bell that we use for the union talk. Yeah. It makes I like think it's like a bit more twangy. Yeah. I also think we should get like one of the old time like ticker tape things. Just for good. Yeah. Good Just have it like kind of spinning. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why do you have that? <laughs> uh, I, I hit my bell when I have ADHD and can't focus. <laughs> I would oh, fucking I try kill and... myself oh. if I was your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like it. Like just once or like repeatedly? Is it homeopathic? Yeah, no, I'm like trying Adderall? to Pavlov myself into, yeah. <laughs> Like, into not having ADHD. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like sitting here, like checking my phone, and I'll just be like, <laughs> "Wow!" Alex is like, "Just make sure it's not hard to edit." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are important. That's important. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, God. But yeah, so so um, I, I just to go back to the Etsy stuff real quick. I did see that they're looking to make a union. Um. Yeah. And yeah, and something I've seen that I think is really cool is even a shift in the reporting of it in mainstream media. I saw like an ABC article about how like, oh, like these people are upset with their employers and that's why they're forming a union instead of this framing of like, like, oh, they're, you know, they're lazy. They they don't want to work for stuff. They want to they want to waste time and drag ass. It's like I've seen I've still seen that, obviously, but I've seen a lot less of it and i've seen a lot more general sympathy coming from these like large media corporations when they're talking about the conditions that these people are living in and the conditions that they're working in and all of these things and that was just something i don't know what it means i don't know if it means anything at the end of the day i i don't know if it's enough but it is just something that i've seen that i think is pretty cool it's, right it absolutely rules and like yeah. it where it's going to rapidly expand like Apple Store that was a really random that was a it's a random corporation that you don't really think like I if we're just seeing like the gross suppression like talk that is being sent to Starbucks employees imagine what Apple employees are going to receive like in terms of just anti-union propaganda and abuse and like yeah. It's gonna, but it's gonna. Their be phones a, are gonna get airdropped. The picture of a gun pointing at them. <laughs> it's a fair. It's a. It's a very fair fight. So more power yeah, to Etsy. Um, in in response to this, Etsy is releasing a TV series that literally just talks about like human consumption and the evolution of human consumption. And it's like, do you think that this is going to make you look like a good guy? Like, do you think that? documenting the evolution of human consumption and your role in that is like something angle? that is going yeah is like, it like dialectical materialism i literally don't know like I, I i saw something brief about it and i couldn't find a whole lot else about it but uh i was reading this article that mentioned that they're just like releasing it's like a limited series i think it's on hulu oh my uh, gosh about, like consumption that is yeah. absolutely rich from like so rich from the fucking place that hosts the thousands of people selling like ashtrays made out of resin that like never decompose or break down in a garbage yeah. facility like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what the fuck they're like we sell millions of these <laughs> like that's bad <laughs> yeah huh. <laughs> and that's why you shouldn't unionize yeah <laughs> really good points being made <laughs> All right. Um, well, Elizabeth, you came to us with something. I'm very excited to talk about it. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of, uh, of, of introduction on that? I'm really excited to talk about it, too. I, um, I think we're in the age of the scammer, especially like the romanticized big long con scammer. And I think this... Love me a good scam. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, There's so one this... I want to name, but I don't want to give her the airtime. <laughs> so I'm not gonna. <laughs> Text me, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is, um, this is the story of, like, this is Joe Lowe. He orchestrated one of the largest financial crimes in history. Um, he's an ethnically Chinese Malaysian fugitive currently. Um, he also speaks five languages and a little fun fact, he holds citizenship from Cyprus as well. Um, but he a man was of the world. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide. He <laughs> truly Dale. Dale. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Have you seen this man? <laughs> and it's just a picture of Pitbull. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the uh that'll be the picture for the episode cover is the wanted and it'll be Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so so, so what are his crimes? His crimes, his big one was appropriating billion at least from a Malaysian sovereign wealth fund called One Malaysia Development Berhad, or One MDB as it's known. And um, I appropriated $4.6 billion, but that sounds good too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to start with a little bit of a biography because I think he has a very compelling life story um, and also just like one of these like freakish like rich person existing in like that elite the, the cream of the cream of the crop of elite global circles that like most people don't even know exists which is always like the fun and of good sickos. we love yeah, yeah it's we love sick little freaks <laughs> yeah we love we we also have a sickos and freaks segment um it's just the whole podcast yeah. sickos.jpg yeah. is our new our new segment yeah <laughs> What about freaks dot dot gif? Freaks dot gif. Freaks dot jpeg. Freaks dot gif. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I'm a sicko in the jpeg and a freak in the gif. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Stop! Stop! The bit's already dead. Wait, hold on. So, what exactly is a wealth fund? What does that? What does that mean? Yeah, so a sovereign wealth fund is basically like um, a mutual fund. It's for the benefit of like the people. It's like this kind of like a social trust. It's also I'm not really big into like I don't know the details of this are all like very complicated and boring, and I don't want to focus on those so much as like the the big picture of like people getting away with things that like they literally should not be able to get away with. Um, but so. Basically, I'm going a little bit out of chronology here, but in college, Jolo went to Wharton at the University of Pennsylvania and met all of these like really big, wealthy Wharton people who had ties to the Middle East. A lot of them were Jordanian. A lot of them came from the UAE and Saudi Arabia. And um, in the Middle East, it's a little, there was like a blurred line between, I'm speaking very generally, there's a blurred line between the sovereign wealth fund and the personal wealth of like the country's rulers. And so Jolo actually took a whole semester off in undergrad to go to the Middle East and visit like these people (laughs) that he like really intensively networked with. And um, he kind of got inspired by seeing this, like, uh, blurred financial boundary and befriended the person who would become uh, the prime minister of Malaysia, whose name is Najib Razak. So he... I'm going to start from the beginning. So, because I think it's really important to, like, get the context for, like, his upbringing. Because, like like you guys said, he is, like, a complete sick freak. Um, so he grew up in like a pretty wealthy family. It's actually unclear how much wealth oh, they no had. Way. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, a rich guy turned out to be a freak. Yeah. And his father was also sounded pretty freaky too. He would like fly in Swedish models to party on a yacht with, um, so they had Swedish model money, but unclear actually how much how much numerically that translated 
into. Um, he attended the only the Swedish models school. I can buy are IKEA furniture. <laughs> 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 Gotta get the riffs in. Gotta get those riffs in. <laughs> Rookie numbers. Rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Yo, you're all good. <laughs> Okay. We're like, hey, come on the podcast, and then we interrupt you every other sentence. No, it's, it's good. I'm actually, I'm, I'm nervous, so it's good to like break it up. It feels more spontaneous. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's. A, yeah, I was gonna say if you hadn't noticed at this point, we don't really have it together. So. Okay. <laughs> cool. So you're good. Yeah, I'm like clinging to my Google Google document, like trying to get it all out. But yeah. So he went to um, a private school in the UK called the Harrow School, which, um, again, I had never heard of it, but it is like the most prestigious elite school in the country. Like seven British prime ministers went there. A lot of international royalty sent their kids, sent their kids there. So um, he was like rubbing elbows. I actually knew someone who went there. Really? No, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like a school for kids. It's like an elementary school. I think it's more high school. It's a yeah, right? okay. yeah. It's more like a school for ants. Gotcha. School for bees, maybe. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you guys have seen a picture of him, but he of Jolo, but he's like he's not super beautiful. He's kind of stocky, and he doesn't look like super attractive or appealing. Like, he doesn't look like someone you'd want to be friends with, but he apparently had this, like, really brilliant knack for socializing and for getting in people's good graces and had this, like, way of intuiting how people could be useful to him later. And we see that he, like, ends up having these crazy connections with all these celebrities later down the line, some of which he did end up paying for, but some of which I think genuinely just through his, like, social skills, which is nuts. If you don't have yeah, the looks... Delvey. Yeah, okay... It's kind of crazy, yeah. I, I like wanna... literally the male Anna Delvey. That's wild. I think like so many. Oh, I I just looked up. Uh, I just looked them up, and one of the first articles that comes up is from a uh, Fortune magazine, and it's Meet Joe Low, the fugitive, uh, one Malaysia development financier known as the Asian Great Gatsby, who paid Leonardo DiCaprio to be his friend, and it's a picture of him and Leo at the yeah. premiere of The Wolf of Wall Street. No, so he actually financed the production company Red Granite that produced um, The Wolf of Wall Street. It also produced Dumb and Dumber too. And prior to that, <laughs> it had like not. That's a killer resume. <laughs> no, yeah. And these were all like kind of like his. I think they were his vanity projects too, because he did like really look up to the guy that Wolf of Wall Street was based off of. Like they met each other. He it was the he he hosted the Jordan Belfort. Yeah, he hosted it That's at one of those crazy. private parties. Yeah. It's if not anyone to be friends with. Yeah. So real quick, I'm gonna go over the scam. Oh, also, when he was at Wharton, he allegedly tried to get Ivanka Trump to go out to Atlantic City and gamble with him, which I think is really funny. But she said she didn't want to be mixed up with all of that. Um, but this is um, something he would do a lot. He would invite people to go out gambling and then, like, pay for their entire, like, their entire run and their losses. Easy. Yeah. Easy, yes. What are, you, yeah. what are we doing? Come on. Oh, my God. I wish he found me. <laughs> So, as I mentioned, he became, like, besties with the future Malaysian prime minister, and he got access to all these Malaysian banks. And so, when Najib Razak got elected as the prime minister, he established a sovereign wealth fund, and he let Joe Lowe tacitly take control of it. And this was the 1MDB. Um, and it was owned by the Minister of Finance Incorporated, which is technically just like a corporate body for the Minister of Finance to look at, which is like, it's all very complicated and boring. But um, basically, Jolo had complete control over it. And um, it was designed to, like, in theory, 1MDB was set up to generate international investment into Malaysia, because it's obviously not a super wealthy country. And its stated goals included green energy and agribusiness and tourism and these like really admirable projects designed to improve the economic condition of the country. 
but um, Joe Lowe took control of it. And as like a genius of offshore financing, he essentially overnight stole multiple billions of dollars from this development fund when he was like 27, 28. Um, Damn. Yeah. And like, this is like stealing from the people of Malaysia. Not, not super, not, not super great or admirable behavior. I know we're in the age of the scammer, but this one, this one feels a little different to me for, for several reasons. Um, That's wild. And so immediately he goes and just like balls out in Hollywood. There's this book that's called The Billion Dollar Whale that was written about him. And it says that between October, 2009, in June 2010, which is like eight or nine months, he spent $85 million just on partying. Um, and he was really, he like became kind of obsessed with like celebrity status and like gaining, currying favor with these celebrities. And particularly, he was really in love with Paris Hilton. Um, oh, that rocks. Specifically from her movie, The House of Wax. Yeah, have you guys seen this? It's like a horror yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. 2.5 yeah. stars on IMDb. <laughs> he would watch it multiple times and like to the point where his roommates would be really annoyed with him. And but so he he's a flush with cash. He contacts Paris Hilton's manager and books her to attend his parties at one hundred thousand dollars per gig. And he, like, gave her a Cartier watch and all these ridiculous presents. Um, this one's really crazy. For his 30th birthday in 2012, he threw himself uh, what some people are calling the most expensive private party ever in Las Vegas, um, right off the strip. Where was MTV? Where was yeah. it? What the hell? I wish, I would love to have seen, like, the My Super Sweet 16 episode <laughs> of that. So they actually, he had all his guests. <laughs> sign NDAs and like they weren't allowed to take photos it was it was really crazy Holy shit yeah he apparently Britney Spears jumped out of a cake and sang him happy birthday Kanye was there Kim Kardashian Robert De Niro Michael Phelps also in attendance all right um yeah interesting he's like I got variety don't put me in a box <laughs> but these people you were all like <laughs> <laughs> they were all like paid to hang out with him. Like he was, he paid Leonardo DiCaprio to be besties with him. I'm like, I'm so curious. Like, what's the going rate to have Britney Spears baked in a cake for you? You know. Anyway, so I found this guy, and I'm glad that I did because when I originally Googled Joe Low, it showed me like Brooklyn Nine Nine from yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> and I was like, I, <laughs> I was like, this is not correct. Um, so he said. Uh, quote from him, um, he will not submit to any jurisdiction where guilt has been predetermined by politics yeah. and where there is no independent legal process. And it's like, oh, sick. So you're just going to be on the run forever. Cool. Yeah. No, there's this line in his Wikipedia page that says he he is believed to be residing in China where he secretly travels extensively through major cities. Which sounds fantastic, oh, honestly. Wow. Yeah, he's that probably, sounds cool as hell. He's probably balls deep in crypto, too. It, he's probably living the fucking life, like... Yeah, Jolo NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You gotta have the NFT collection if you're an international scammer. I mean, that seems a little too on the nose, but... Yeah, my favorite headline of his is actually... Um, Miranda Kerr can't pass Joe Lowe's transparent piano to DOJ because it's too damn big. <laughs> he was dating Miranda Kerr for a little while. He dated like all these models. Wait, what? I, yeah. <laughs> and um, he like got them really expensive for gifts. Him. Yeah. And He's just living his life. He gave, he gave Miranda Kerr this uh, huge piano that's like clear like see-through um and she had to have a separate like wing of her house built around it because it wouldn't go through the doors and then when the doj was reappropriating all all these like gifts and stuff a lot of celebrities like voluntarily gave up the like the jewelry and the presents that he he'd gotten them but like it physically could not fit out the door through her house so god damn yeah so what's joe Lowe doing right now anyone's guess probably watching that paris hilton movie <laughs> he has yeah he's just cool he has extradition or he's 
being extra in both Malaysia and the United States, which is where he, you know, committed the worst crimes. But um, China doesn't have an extradition agreement with the United States, so he's just hanging out there. Okay, do you want to do you want to hear about how he meddled in American political affairs? Hell yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. this one's kind of crazy too. Have you guys heard of the rapper Crass from the Fugees, the rap group? Yeah. Yeah, they had a couple top 40 hits and like one Grammy nomination. But um What's the name? Prass is the name of the Sorry, rapper. I'm so high. <laughs> you gotta celebrate the holiday. Yeah. 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 The Fugees is like Laura it's like Lauren Hill's uh like okay. her group. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he transferred twenty one million dollars from international like offshore sources to the rapper press, who then donated to the Obama campaign in twenty twelve. And he got in trouble because he what? refused I know, I know. And the craziest thing he used this exact same tactic and the exact same guy press to do another back channel donation, this time to the Trump campaign. But Hell yes. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Play, play both sides, baby. Beautiful, yeah. That way he always comes out on top. <laughs> yeah, this one, the second one seems to have been more of a bribe to get like American politicians to drop their investigations into the 1MDB scandal. But, um, which makes a little more sense in that context, but it's, it's, I mean, the same rapper, yeah. you're not even going to mix but, it up. No, he's That's like, so fuck weird. it. Yeah. yeah. Why, why fuck with it? He's like, it worked last time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More, more grifters have to understand the, the great opportunities you have when you're dipping into everyone's pockets and yeah, you know, not, exactly. not grifting off a single ideology, grift off everyone. There you go. That's why I was donating $3 a month to every Democratic uh, political <laughs> candidate last year in 2020. <laughs> and $4 to Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> he donated... Um, can you guys hear me? Yes. I, okay, I, I was worried I cut out for a second. He donated $25 million oh, oh to the UN. Oh, yeah. Is- it's a Stalin shirt and it says subtext is for cowards. I got it for a dollar fifty at the thrift shop and nice. I get the dirtiest looks anytime I wear it out of the house. Like <laughs> I literally couldn't tell you. You know what? I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. I'm we're <laughs> keep moving, not going to admit to being stupid yet again, just okay. freely of my own will. Let's just keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah, I think the last the last little nugget I'll say is that he donated $25 million to the United Nations Foundation um, with like a total of $200 million to like various international charities, all for the purpose of like continuing to ingratiate himself with like the celebrity class, because these were all charities that were supported by celebrities he admired and wanted to emulate. And to reiterate, the money he donated was stolen from poor people in Malaysia. And while the gifts that like he gave to Britney Spears and whatever all were reappropriated by the DOJ, the money he gave to the charities weren't, which was a little sticky ethically, I think. Because um, what should you do when like someone steals billions of dollars from a developing country's economy and then gives it all to the UN. Like what, what is the correct move to do? Probably make them, make them stop. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't let them continue to do it. It is is difficult because like, I mean, yeah, it is a development fund and it's meant to, help like the development of the country i wouldn't say it's the same as stealing money from like poor people of a developing country because the development fund is sure yeah yeah. not for those people yeah it's to promote like foreign direct investment and it's usually you know sort of a kickback for some of the companies there but it's still the development fund does still materially support some things and like I know, I know as leftists we're supposed to hate this guy for being scummy and 
um, hoarding wealth and everything. But God, he did it in such a cool way with so little payoff. <laughs> like none of these celebrities are coming to his defense. That's, They're like, yeah. No, no one's saying that's free what I my was boy thinking. Joe. Like, he <laughs> like, really. <laughs> he did nothing wrong. Yeah, it's like he he blew eighty five million dollars so that everybody would love him, and then they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like, like kind of similar to like Elizabeth Holmes or I guess Caroline Calloway is another she's I don't know if she's like a scammer scammer. She she brands herself as a scammer, but Call that was me. I didn't want to name Caroline. Her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was who I wasn't gonna name. But I guess Caroline and Anna Delvey and Elizabeth Holmes, they're all like beloved, I think, in part because well, I think they're all like skinny white women for one thing. And Joe Lowe is neither skinny nor white nor a woman. But I also think there's something about like there's some like girl boss subtext, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's like like underdog behavior cheating the system. And that also it fits into the that not... girl mold right now. Sort of the mm-hmm. you know. mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna just give me money. <laughs> Red scare scammer yeah. girlfriend. But yeah, like that's good. Yeah, I I don't know. I also think like the scams of like Anna Delvey and um she who shall not be named. Um obviously I don't think they're hurting people on the scale that Joe Lowe's did. Like no. <clears throat> I think like the context of the story is definitely important there and how we look at it, but also yes, they are skinny white women with sort of this quirky personality built up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I want to get Joe Lowe on the pod. Yeah. Hey, he's apparently got nothing <laughs> going on. He's just yeah, chilling. Right. I mean, so... Joe Lowe, if you're listening to this, we're a month we're, we're Let we're, me hold 20 bucks. Yeah, we're heavy hitters in the media world. Why didn't we get <laughs> Why didn't we get invited <laughs> yeah. to these parties? Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting yeah. for my invitation to Lindsay Lohan's birthday party. <laughs> All right. Do we want to get into uh <laughs> we wanna get into it? Little libs of the TikTok. Libs of TikTok. <sighs> yeah. We're about to talk about like one of the most anti LGBTQ <laughs> people in the media sphere Mm. yeah with a shit ton of influence too with with like in terms of like direct influence and power it's kind of crazy how much it's there yeah yeah all right so i'm sure everybody has seen that there is the libs of tiktok twitter account and basically what it is is a collection of TikToks from queer teachers uh, posted by some uh, right-wing fucking freak um, who hates trans people, hates LGBT people, um, any anything that is not that is outside of like traditional family values, uh, traditional conservative values, shit like that. Uh, she just sends a massive wave of harassment and hatred and death threats their way to anybody who even does things like teach basic sex education. I think the biggest thing, yeah, is that it really targets teachers a lot. It targets yeah. queer teachers because there's a huge community on TikTok of queer teachers who are talking about how to talk to kids about, you know, like all of the things you need. To, I don't even, you know all the things you need to talk to high schoolers about and about gender identity and about sexual orientation and and yeah and she will try to get these people fired yeah that is the main goal of that uh account is to make sure that these people aren't teaching children do you think this is coming in wake of the anti-gay legislation that we've seen yeah in florida and other places do you think it's like coinciding or do you think one is following the other or i mean like well, not the one being i mean you know she she right. directly influenced it yeah she's been around for longer she, like she that is, gave the yeah she gave the moral panic of it definitely a huge face online the okay so in uh, her name is christina 
Pusha, Pasha, I don't know. Um, she is Ron DeSantis's press secretary in Florida. And she like very publicly like went on the record and was like, oh yeah, like libs of TikTok helped open my eyes to like what was going on in our classrooms and helped like literally directly influence the don't say gay bill. Yeah. In the yeah, state so of Florida. I saw I saw something interesting earlier today that was like someone mentioned how many times the word groomer was said like on Twitter before and after the don't say gay yeah. legislation was introduced. And it was something like maybe I think like 20 times a day before. Mm-hmm. And then now it's, you know, millions because that's the word that they're choosing to uh, right. ruin the millions? media. Of. Millions? I believe Holy it. Holy shit. I, I believe it, but like, I just, oh my God. These I don't know people, if it's like they're millions per day, deranged. but it's like, it's like significant increase in that being the vernacular that they're choosing to adopt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this, this, the libs of TikTok person, not only are, are they a fucking freak about trans people, they are also a QAnon freak. She was real big, uh, like on her old account. So, okay. So the reason she has been super big in the media besides all of her transphobic shit is a writer for the Washington post, uh, Taylor Lorenz did phenomenal investigative journalism and found out who this person was. And, and here's the thing. She's claiming that she was doxxed, which is fucking bullshit because it's publicly available information. Publicly she read available information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She registered, so she made a website. It's like her her website for libs of TikTok, and she registered it under her full like legal name and address and phone number. And um, one thing I thought that was kind of funny is she became like like on her accounts for a while. She was like super rapidly anti-Cuomo and anti-Newsome. Like, of all people. <laughs> it's just like... She was Cuomo-phobic? Like, <laughs> it was... <laughs> not Cuomo-sexual, but Cuomo-phobic. There we go. Speaking of Randy Rainbow! <laughs> A new type of white woman just dropped. Oh, uh, God. Um, no, no. I, I One thing that just adds to the fucking insanity of this story too is that the person the lawyer who helped register that website for her with all of her personal information is this ghoul bush administration lawyer (laughs) yeah like not like like hw bush administration too like he is like old school fed like he is the fed to end all feds right i mean his resume is just fucking like back to back to back hits for like like doing like just evil fucking government dirty work. Like he, his name is Grant Lally. Lally? Lally? Yeah, I don't know. Speaking of, let's uh, let's participate in the little doxing. Let's stop calling her libs and start calling her her actual name, uh, Chaya Rychik. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh Chaya no. Rychik. Yeah. Yes, we we doxed someone. <laughs> no, but. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No. no. It, it, it does bring up the whole like conversation of what doxing is and what doxing means. One, one of like the three questions that journalists actually have to ask is who is this person doing influential things? <laughs> like, I mean, um, yeah, it's like they're, they were on fucking Tucker Carlson. They went on like the largest fucking radio show on goddamn cable news. Yeah. TV show, not radio show. Jesus Christ, whatever. And <laughs> two, obviously this person wanted to be a public figure. Like, you do not cultivate yeah. this whole online brand yeah. and not expect to receive dividends from it. Like you, this, this like especially gonna, because of yeah. how hard she has tried her, like to, to be a poster. Um, she tried really hard. She's gone through like four different accounts, um, where she just kept changing like the username and everything. The gimmick accounts. Yeah. Wasn't catching on. Yeah, like um before before she was libs of TikTok, she was like uh Joe Biden's house role plant. playing as yeah, 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 that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Role playing as a plant in the fucking White House. <laughs> Very normal. Yeah. Thirty year old woman and that's how she's spending her fucking time. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's, so yeah, no, I think it's great that she's got she's got fucking all of the most deranged fascistic governors in the United States lending their ear to her on a daily basis. So right, right, and like you know, it, it's one thing if this is just some account that happened to blow up and is now like popular online. No, this person was trying to cultivate this online following, and this is this is beyond just being docs. This is an actual project of hers, and. At this point, I know there's like this faux like moral outrage about her being doxxed on the right. Meanwhile, this is probably the best yeah. thing her career can ever get because now she's gonna fuck like she's gonna yeah. get a fucking spot on you know Fox and everything, Tucker. or she'll have a career with OAN or whatever. And no, did you see? She's already got one. They're just the, um oh, like 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 it is a faux outrage about being doxxed. It's not even doxing. She's already got a career because of this. Yeah. She got one. Seth Dillon, the owner of Babylon B, was like, nope, I'm going to make sure that like she has a career for the rest of her life for her heroic acts. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> Which means there's only one way to deal with her. <laughs> you got to... Fill in the blanks yeah. with your imagination. <laughs> got to beat her one-on-one. Zach, that's good. You can just yeah. <laughs> anytime you start to hear me get like really angry, like you can see my face getting more serious. Yeah, just like doo, 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 doo. yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, god. Um, and then I think this brings us to uh everybody's favorite little contrarian worm, Glenn Greenwald. Everybody. Oh yes. Can we get like the <laughs> Can we get like the SNL intro music? <laughs> <laughs> Are we giving him airtime too? Yeah, unfortunately, he plays a role in this story. He is one of the people leading uh, the outrage about yeah, he, Chaya <laughs> being sucks. doxxed. Um, Which is so funny. Yeah. It's so funny because he's the one who confirmed it. Oh, really? He tweeted. Yeah, he tweeted a screenshot of the article and was like, yeah, this is like, this is that woman's house. <laughs> Like she said that she said that uh, Taylor Lorenz went to her house and it's like, well, uh, up until that point, it was just kind of conjecture. Um, but now. Yeah. And like, like uh, <laughs> people give Glenn Greenwald like a well, way too much credit, not on the left, but in general, people give Glenn Greenwald credence on, you know, respecting the secret identities of journalists and shit just because he was so heavily involved with like the uh the nsa leaks and all these um but he's pissing away that goodwill like really quick with all of his bullshit takes in the last five years yeah yeah so that's where glenn comes in um i will say of all the transphobic people it has ruined his brain the least in terms of obsessively posting about it yeah it still ruined his brain but like most people they'll start they'll tweet like 40 times a day about it and, like, he is just too much of a prick that, like, he still cares about, like, quote, tweeting people with 100 followers. Whatever. Fuck him. Let's stop giving him airtime. On to the next part. We never we never really finished talking about everything that fucking Grant Lolly did. This guy was a huge piece of shit. Oh, yeah, the Bush lawyer. Yeah. Slicked back hair, lived for New Year's Eve. Um, he... <laughs> No, like, okay, so he, <laughs> in the 1990s, he was in International Election Monitor in East Germany. He uh, toured and was a diplomat in Kosovo and Bosnia. He went on press tours there and uh, brought, like, food and medical supplies, which he also brought to uh, Cuba, which is interesting, um, because he also sits as the head uh, or on the board of directors of the Museum of the Bay of Pigs in Miami. Okay. Uh, so pretty just kind of direct, like, <laughs> um, yeah. So he's on the board of directors for that. Uh, he worked really closely. He actually wrote part of George H.W. Bush's foreign policy that focused really heavily on... Um, the Irish peace process, which basically just crushed the IRA under the boot of the British government. Um, well, up there are. In the in the 1990s, yeah. They describe it as disarming local armed militias. Um, but he wrote, like, he drafted the, the policy for H.W. Bush that 
set that like put that at the top of the priority list in terms of our foreign policy during that administration. So this wow. guy's like like a certified ghoul. Like he comes from the yeah, generation. Absolutely. He comes from the generation where you don't have to hide your ghoulishness. Yeah. Like, like Henry Kissinger like Right, right. He's he's cut from that same cloth, whereas like right now, you know, yeah. like the Trump people like just are too focused on being idiots publicly to talk about <laughs> yeah. their ghoulish behavior. But no, this is this is yeah, this is that sort of yeah like early when you 90s get them back up against the wall late 70s kind of yeah where they're like we're yeah. ghouls and we're proud and yeah that, that brings me to something i've seen like floated around a bit and i i know this will mark the second episode where we're delving into conspiracy theories but is it makes me wonder if libs of tiktok is an op and i don't mean that in the government sense i don't think the government has any role in promoting this libs of tiktok bullshit i don't think they've designed it as an op but we are at i don't think they care enough to yeah we are at the point now where obviously in this this sort of also started around like the trump era where conservatives have like realized that they have like social and cultural influence now um beyond the pale of just normal culture war bullshit is, is this an op just among conservatives themselves like they have all these connections to former administration ghouls and everything and they don't need the cia to do this anymore they have random white women on tiktok who will uh you know <laughs> make this content for them and get it a platform absolutely yeah i mean i think that if if we're smart enough to think of it. They've definitely thought of it. And it's yeah. right. I mean, it's what I would do. Fuck. <laughs> and they have, it's, they have these people with, with operations experiences. I mean, there's, you don't get the lawyer who was in fucking Kosovo and Bosnia and staffs the fucking Bay of Pigs museum to help your cause. If he doesn't think it's going to their greater like political project. <laughs> it's, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So I don't want to call it an op in like the traditional sense, but they like, like they do have like an infrastructure for sort of shifting the political and cultural dialogue in places. And now they're, yeah. they're using it on their own accord as like, or on their own accord as a little pet project on the weekends. Yeah. It's just something that like, they just want to do. It's, it's something that, that they believe in. It is something that they think that there is some sort of personal gain for them to be had at the end of it. And they just want to get there. And they're looking back on the good old days and are like, Hey, why don't we just do this for fun now? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 They're bored in retirement, retirement, retirement. God damn it. This MF said retirement. <laughs> changing oh, changing the podcast name to retirement right now. <laughs> um, this episode has been brought to you by the Museum of the Bay of Pigs. And <laughs> crypto.com. I want to go to the Bay of Pigs Museum. Like, what could possibly be there? Is it in Cuba or is it in D.C. or something? No, it's in Miami. Okay, it's in, that Miami. Makes sense. It's yeah. in Miami, which is yeah. hilarious. It's, uh, knowing it's in Miami, I'm like, I can picture it. It's like a white building, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. Staffed entirely, big guys like, suit. <laughs> cigars in the gift shop. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word, so I'm, I'm <laughs> belling myself. <laughs> Yeah, they, like, 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 this just gives me, like, the, the idea of a Bay of Pigs museum gives me the same energy as, like, some woman named, like, Maria Wilhelm <laughs> being, like, my country yearns <laughs> for freedom. <laughs> my Latin American country yearns for freedom. Yeah. It's just dumb to see, like, the last vestiges, of, like, like, of when the CIA was actually capable of doing things popping up every now and then. Wait, that rules. Oh, my God. Ron DeSantis, in February of 2021, went to the Bay of Pigs Museum to announce the COVID vaccine program for veterans. Seems okay. appropriate. Why? <laughs> we should take a pod field trip to the Bay of Pigs Museum. To the Bay of Pigs Museum, yeah. I think that's a. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, do a live episode. Record a live, yeah, live episode. Of yeah. Meet and greet at the gift shop. Smoking cigars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they give us the cigars that have the sticks of dynamite in them. Actually. Ooh. 
the Castro experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you order a Castro special, it's $600 and it blows your lower jaw off. <laughs> no, it wouldn't because they never worked. <laughs> they never worked. <laughs> They tried to, like, uh, sprinkle powder on his shoes to make his beard fall off, too, in the middle of the speech. That was my favorite. Yeah, it was, like... Castro humiliation it was like technique. some kind of, like, salts. Like, it was, like, some kind of, like, chemical salts. Yeah. And they were, like, going to put it in his shoes because they were, like, he's going to want them polished. And then he just, like, canceled the trip. Uh, but it was because they thought that the beard was... Um, a sign of strength and he thought they thought that if it fell out the people would stop believing in him famously people are persuaded yeah. by a lack of facial hair hey. yeah <laughs> i only i only follow my leaders for their beards personally <laughs> <laughs> i miss the day when federal agents were so hopped up on fucking like medical grade amphetamines and gin where they could come up with these kinds of things and the government would just throw money at it like hey like now we Whereas, like, nowadays they just like dm teenagers pretending to be a trans woman and try to get them to like bomb an electrical substation like <laughs> it's not inventive y'all y'all have done it you're playing the hits not again come on but it's effective <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so so uh yeah, back back to uh, just to circle up the libs of TikTok discussion. Um, right, we got way off track there. Um, <laughs> because, like, honestly, like, yeah, we know how hateful conservatives can be. It's the other shit in this story that nobody's <laughs> yeah. actually talking about that's really interesting. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. I'm not surprised about about the fact that it's like some random white woman who is is now going to get a career at the Babylon Bee, like. And I and I'm not surprised that you know there's this whole conversation of doxing going around uh, about it. Yeah. But it's yeah it sucks. I'm glad she's doxed. Uh, Taylor Lorenz is a good journalist. She's she's actually really young. Yep. She works for uh, and I don't like giving Washington Post credit for things, but like she's in her she's in her forties. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> Why did I see online that someone said Taylor Lorenz is in her twenties? 40 is the new 20. 40 is the new yeah, 20, I mean, yeah. Same thing. As far as I'm concerned. She looks great. Taylor, <laughs> you look great. She might be 18. Oh, I was just going to ask if we want to talk about the Biden handshake. I do want to talk about the Biden handshake. Oh, man. I don't know how much longer we can pretend that they can <laughs> pretend. I'm not pretending. Welcome to our segment, Biden's Houseplant. <laughs> this is like the first time we've talked about Joe Biden, I think, in months. In, yeah, in, in like a at long least six time. We're doing a, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're doing a deep good. dive on really the psyche job. of Joe Biden today. Yeah, which is unnecessary. Yeah. It is literally scrambled eggs. <laughs> There's not much to talk about. There's not much to talk yeah. about. I just think it's funny that it keeps happening. Does anyone want to give a little bit of background on the handshake thing? Yeah. Elizabeth, you want to do it? I know you were excited to talk about I, this. I was a little excited, yeah. So he finished his speech and... Um, it, it was almost as if he'd been like classically Pavlovian conditioned, if you will, and then immediately turned to the side where no one was standing, gave the air a handshake, turned back around looking for people. Uh, it was giving no one's home. It's a really sad video. Yeah. yeah. Good old, old sleep. brain is cottage cheese. <laughs> it's like there's not much to say. It's just like he is off it's it's gone it's off. it's like oh wow the exact same the exact thing that i thought was gonna happen is happening right now isn't that crazy who could have predicted that <laughs> yeah i think it's really yeah. insensitive wow. for us to be here making fun of a man's stutter <laughs> what happened to this okay. stutter because it kind of like i i, I haven't That's, tuned into any of his speeches make full sentences anymore <laughs> I, I, I do hate when people, like, well, like, I don't hate it, it's expected, but when liberals try and say, you can't make fun of Joe Biden, he's got a stutter, and meanwhile, he's trying to shake hands with air and everything. Also, where was that stutter in the eight years of Obama? Like, he's loading. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mod he had installed. <laughs> do you remember when, like, 
campaign trail when he like licked his wife's finger when she was speaking yeah. have oh, you yeah. seen the video no. like that with that in context the photos in my brain forever no i'm not I, i'm not here to shit on a man who loves his wife <laughs> no i think okay yeah my hot take is that it was actually He's kind of cute to yeah yeah it's, it felt very spontaneous, actually, and authentic. And I feel like that was, like, the one time in his life he's been, you know, or he's been some semblance of human. That's what you want on a campaign trail. You want those little spontaneous moments. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, just on top of the handshake thing, um, I do like to point out that last last Sunday was Easter, and because we don't record on Sundays, we... We kind of forget what actually goes on on Sundays. Um, a video did come out of Joe Biden at this Easter parade, and he was having to be corralled around by the fucking person in the Easter bunny suit. <laughs> <laughs> he tried, like, walking backwards, and the Easter bunny was like, no, Mr. President, go this way. <laughs> Imagine, like, like, I really wonder if that was just, like, a paid person in a, like, it, you know, you can rent a bunny. You can rent an Easter bunny, I'm guessing. It's like mall Santas. But um, You wouldn't rent an Easter bunny. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, yeah, or I wonder if it was like a secret service agent that's like, ah oh, fuck, this is what they have me doing today. Uh, uh, I was like, can't believe this is my assigned task right. for today. It was Hunter <laughs> job that I make like seven figures at. <laughs> it was Hunter Biden making an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I thought that the Hunter, Hunter Biden, Biden was with a bunch of other bunnies that day. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! I really thought that the Hunter Biden yeah. in Ukraine thing was going to go from a fake scandal to like a real scandal. Then it it, it didn't really. I think they, it didn't, he did nothing yeah. wrong. I think there there was something else that kind of drew attention away from that that part of the world. Um, yeah um fucking oh hunter biden we need to do a hunter biden episode because he i think he's one of those like rare figures that like the more dirt that comes out against him like the more invincible he is from being like publicly character assassinated you know yeah because he's the coolest person to be in washington and fucking since since john f kennedy he also just doesn't give a shit it doesn't bother him. Like, you don't see him, like, like blubbering on the news or anything or, like, making any posts about it. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, oh, shit. Like, y'all, y'all watch me, like, getting a foot job while I'm, while I'm smoking a rock. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then exactly. he just goes and does Good. it more. And then he, yes. he yeah. He, I, He's a politician after my I own mean, heart. He reminds me of Rob He's Ford. an honest guy. Yeah. He reminds me of Rob Ford specifically because of, of the crack, but, like, because, like, it was the same thing. Like, it just kind of, like, kept happening, like, very publicly. And it was, like, nobody really did anything about it. I literally think that, that Hunter Biden would be a more effective president than his dad. One, like, yes. at least his, like, you know, brain isn't melting Easily out of his persuaded. ears. And two, like, all that fucking crack, all that cocaine, like, you're going to get some shit done. He'd be we more popular too. We could just like, yeah, yeah. We just, would enter the era with like the goofiest laws in existence. But we could send like stripper grams with just like policy ideas, and he'd be like, "Okay." Joe Lowe would be on the Fed. <laughs> 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 That's policy idea number one. Oh, he God. would just see that he'd worked at the bank before. He wouldn't question it, and yep, all right, you're on. The White, <laughs> you're the White House would have a promoter. <laughs> like, <laughs> does anyone know how to do the outro? No, I'll, I'll try and do. I'll, I'll do an Alex imitation. Like, oh, okay. uh, thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yarr, thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Sunday underscore pod. Uh, All right, no, no, and, uh, no. Let, let's let's, you follow. let's let's get a real intro going. All right, this has been the Sunday morning like podcast. Um, Alex never says that. What does Alex say? I never listened to the episode. Alex <laughs> just says, that um, but you're there when they say it. I clock out. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't work beyond my shift. <laughs> 
All right. Thanks for listening. This has been the Sunday Morning Podcast. As always, as always it's uh, me, Doink, and Tom. And then today we have with us Elizabeth. Thanks for coming on. Uh, do you want to promote anything? Do you have anything uh, our listeners should go check out? Um, you can just follow my Twitter. It's in the details somewhere. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks for coming yeah, on. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks, for thanks for talking about Joe Lowe. Yeah, welcome. thanks yes. for showing us the craziest boy in existence right now yeah. um, i know i shouldn't be a fan but i'm a fan now um but True. yeah you guys know where to find us uh this is episode 63 uh you can follow us on twitter at sunday underscore pod and we have a link tree in the bio uh i think we're supposed to shout out the patreons i think alex does that sometimes so shout That's out okay. patreons thanks for giving us money um I think I might be the only Patreon subscriber right now, but if not, thanks for your continued support. <laughs> Sunday you, morning <laughs> Sunday morning podcast is made possible by viewers like you. Um and we will you. see you guys see you guys again next week. Is that is that something Alex? Says? I don't know. I think so. Good morning. Sunday morning.